Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Hey, rockin' round the Christmas tree. It is that season to be merry. And there's Deb Lennon here from Coast FM's on-air team singing that great old song that was a, blend, a, a Brenda Lee hit. Good morning, Cheryl. And that's Good the history morning, of that one. Pete. Thank you, you so much. That was a big, uh, played song, were you? No, but I'm so well, glad to be here with Deb. <laughs> next year we might get you to sing one of the old Christmas songs oh, because okay. you had a pretty good voice as well as being a good gardener as well. You know. Yeah, I used to sing back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to the gardening gang. Being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs mm. at Wyoming, and also our very good friends at Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Today it's all about kids. Sure kids, 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 kids. <laughs> Getting kids involved in gardening. Show yes. Why have you chosen this topic, oh, my dear? Because the kids have left the building. They're on school holidays or just about. I think they're all out now. I don't have grandkids or young kids. They're finished. They're all done. They're all finished. And uh, so I thought, you know, they're out and about. They're doing things and they, they get bored or they're on their computers and iPads for too now, long. Now, being fed in today, the kids really <laughs> yes. want to get into the garden. They do these days. You know, look look how popular uh, our good friend Costa is these days. You know, next year, Gardening Australia has... Gardening Australia Junior kicking off their right. own show. That's how popular it is. So our good friends are hosting that one. So it, it would have to be a goer for the ABC to to put that in. I'm thinking so for sure. Yeah. Well, for the next couple of hours, we'll give you some ideas about keeping the kids occupied mm-hmm. in the gardening over the holiday period. It's uh, actually quite good weather for the gardening because it's not too hot and stinky. Yes. There won't be too many going towards the beaches and the creeks and places like that to get cool because it'll be cool enough at home. It will be cool enough at home for sure. But getting the kids gardening, I mean, getting little helpers as well, it also inspires them with a, a lifelong love of nature con- uh, connecting with things. We've got Mandy DeSantos uh, later this hour, or maybe early this hour, haven't we? She's from Little People Nutrition talking about the benefits of getting your kids involved in gardening. And then MC's got a few tips too, doesn't he? Can't wait for those. Okay. <laughs> and the classic hits this morning. Coast FM. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, it's the Gardening Gang. Mm. And uh, it's all about kids getting involved in gardening. And we thought we'd talk to an educator of, uh, you know, early childhood educator. Yes. About we... the benefits to kiddies of gardening. That's right. We could waffle on for ages, but let's get an expert to Mandy. Uh, let us know. We've got Mandy DeSantos. We do. Hello there. Hi, Mandy. Hey, Mandy. We're kids here at heart. <laughs> we as well, what do you recommend we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mandy's from Little People Nutrition, and she's also an early childhood educator. She runs a couple of very, very popular play groups that are in gardens on the Central Coast. So, Mandy, what are the benefits for encouraging kids to garden? Well, the benefits are endless, um, Sherry and Pete, but I, I guess some of the main things are, are really just getting children to outdoors and in nature and connecting them to the greater environment. They also have an opportunity to be able to watch things grow. So just even those things like life cycles and um, having the opportunity to observe that. Um, but really as well, um, at the heart of it is really having the opportunity to see where their food is coming from. If you're doing kitchen gardening, of mm. course, and just having an opportunity, yeah, to see, to watch that grow, see how long it takes to grow and having respect for that, but also um, developing a trust and relationship with that food. So hopefully they can pick it off the vine or the bush mm-hmm. or the or the tree and then and then hopefully eat it. 
<laughs> well, they're probably going to throw a bit of dirt down at the same time because I know our grandkids, they always love to put their hands in the dirt. And, and parents yeah. keep saying, don't, don't, oh, don't put that in your, hand, in your mouth. Now, is a bit of yeah. garden dirt, is that going to deter their growth in any way or, or their health? Well, no. In fact, actually, I think it's probably incredibly beneficial. You know, we've had a... Um, a couple of years of extreme sanitization in, <laughs> in some respects. So um, really just having an opportunity for children to touch the dirt is so powerful, really from a desensitizing as well, like sensory sort of play and things like that. Of course, um, there are some things within the garden that can be a little bit dangerous sometimes. That, um, probably very Oh, my spiders, gosh. Spiders, yes. Um, but, to, you know, for them the to be able to wash their hands. <laughs> Don't eat the spiders. Maybe don't eat the worms, but no, to definitely just wash their hands afterwards, of course. And um, if you are with very young children, mm-hmm. so like before school age, to be aware of the environment that they are actually digging and playing in. But you can quite safely set up things like mud kitchens and stuff like that. So they have the right. benefit of that. And but they can see what's kind of you can see what's in the actual mud, I guess, before they do. Well, I've got to say that we've got a young fellow. He's two, one of our grandkids. And he has an absolute total fascination for the garden. And he has his kid-sized mower, which he pushes around behind his dad. But more importantly, he has this thing about water coming out of a tap. Oh, he, really? he could he stay watering. there and play in that. He, he can come to my place for hours <laughs> and hours and hours. <laughs> but also, Mandy, what sort of plants would you suggest for li- particularly the little ones, that sort of preschool to, <laughs> to to inspire them to garden? Are there any plants you think look really? These are good starter ones. Oh, the ones that we've seen, and you've seen it too, Sherry, is uh, with the sort of like cherry tomatoes. You know they so hardy in the garden mm-hmm. and they grow vivaciously especially at the moment and it's really that beautiful small size for them to sort of pop off and, and they can pop it into their mouth so that's something that we've really enjoyed growing with the children um, but the other one as well at the moment is the cucumbers and the zucchinis they seem to grow quite well the cucumbers as well because it's lovely to grow up um, the sort of trellis or snow peas, snow peas aren't at the moment but really those things that are quite hardy and that you get kind of a good outcome from so mm-hmm. that they, they can actually watch it grow. But it's what you feel comfortable growing as well, what you you as an adult have confidence in doing, but really just giving it a go as well. I mean, I'm not the most um, experienced gardener per se. My background's more from the uh, cooking and food side, but over the last few years, I've been very lucky to have some wonderful mentors that have given me an opportunity to build that confidence and then that inherently sort of rubs off on the children as well. So really just giving it a go, really. It's good, good, good advice. I like that. Yeah, the cherry tomatoes, you're right, Mandy, they're very easy to grow. You can't really go wrong with them at all. Thank you so much, Mandy. I like the voice of experience with young children. I don't have grandchildren yet, so I'm not, I don't have them around, so I'm not You'll that learn. experienced. I'll learn at one point. I want them. <laughs> it's like, I hope my kids aren't listening. They'll get pressured. But uh, thank you so much. It shines a great big light on this for us. Thank hey, you. Mandy, nice talking to you and have a lovely uh, Christmas season. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Mandy. As well. Merry Christmas. Thanks for your time. There's Mandy DeSantos, one of our, uh, our, our gangsters here. Yeah, from Little, Little People Nutrition. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the Gardening Gang. Girls, girls. Uh, yeah, one of the classic hits at Coast FM, Curls, Girls, Girls by the band called Sailor. That's the name of your dog, isn't it, Sure, sure is. Little Sailor. That is the name of your my dog. Your cutie pie dog there. 
<laughs> 22 minutes after 8 o'clock with Pete and Cheryl and it is the gardening gang today talking about gardening for kitties. Mm. Now, I've got this thought in my head. I've got a couple of my grandkids coming around for the uh, season. Right. Uh, what about something in the garden of themes? Like it could be a theme of uh, just greens Ooh, or wow. edibles. Or edibles is a great way. Kids love to eat, don't they? We all love to eat. How about a pizza garden? That can be lots of fun. A pizza garden? A pizza garden. Now, now I know you're thinking of pizza. I can call it Domino's. Hanging. Videos. Little O's. I don't know. Anyway, a pizza garden would be so much fun. Just a few simple herbs, tomatoes, onions, maybe some spring onions. They come up really quick. Chives, you can throw those in because, uh, you know, onions take a bit, bit a long time to grow sometimes. Ch- definitely those cherry tomatoes that Mandy was talking about. They would be perfect. But all the herbs as well, introduce them to that. Like that is the way. And kids get to see that and say, oh, that's why it tastes like that. So putting things together and you could do fun things like paint little signs that look like pizzas. Having that theme, they grow the things that are going to go on the pizza and then da-da, they, um, they end up eating it at the end. Coming into well not now, but in winter you could do a soup garden, so things like carrots and leeks and like that to make a soup. So they, they this is this soil to plate concept that, uh, that that's around the whole world as Soils well. Soils to plate. Soil to plate. You know, like or garden gate or farm gate to plate as well. This whole thing, uh, thing of seeing things grow, like Mandy said, and then having them at the end. So that's one way. I've got lots of different ways you can hold their interest as well. I mean, there are gardening apps out there like if they really have to get into it. There's a thing called Plant Snap. Very fun little little app. I think it's only a couple of dollars where they can actually take photos of plants. Don't, and I know all our experienced gardeners will probably be rolling their eyes like I do as well. Don't take it as gospel. Like Have a good look at it because they do come up with some funny suggestions of what the plant could be. But it is fun to get the kids involved in looking at what the plants could be. So those those apps as well. You can get them involved with designing the garden. That would be really fun. Starting a journal kit. I've got lots of ideas actually in this week's Coast Newspapers and they're out all across the Central Coast. Oh, look here. Coast. You've got one there. Oh. You've got one. So is that my your gardening... young nephew in there on no, the front page with the gardening do you know watering th- can? That gorgeous, gorgeous boy is actually the son of our editor. He he, uh, he, snicked that, he snuck that in. No, he asked me if he, he could uh, well, put Well, there you in. go. Check it out. Yeah, so check that week. out in the paper this week. So Coast Newspapers out everywhere. There's a whole lot of things in there. I've got lots of activities that you can do with the kids in the garden. Well, that's wonderful. The Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. And the topic, of course, is gardening for children. Gardening for children, getting and them inspired. we thought we'd talk to a big kid. we got the MC Microbe joining us this morning. Hi, MC. Morning, MC. Uh, good morning, my gang. Mate, what influenced you as a young person to get involved in, you know, Mother Nature's gift to us all, and that's gardening? What, was the, what were the influences? Well, I think I probably played for, played with sticks and stones and leaves for a bit too long. Um, I used to, I think every every kid does that. Maybe not anymore. I'm not too sure, to be honest. Even from a young age, let my creativity run wild, I guess, and imagination go crazy and uh, play for hours in my driveway with all the dead leaves and sticks and things like that. And then oh, seeing okay. a bush block, there was lots of of places to explore too. So I think it just came from a, a place of curiosity, right? Well, see, many parents these days wouldn't dare give their children the opportunity of playing in the gutter. I mean, that would <laughs> no. be just not even to be considered. 
So you think maybe that the uh, the parental influences today have got to be a little more free to, to give the children yeah. more opportunity to explore these, these things that uh, we all call Mother Nature's gift? I think kids naturally like to go out and explore, especially mm. when they're in a they're in a space where they can, and they like to to dig around and, and to see what what is there. So I guess it's just finding a finding a space. I guess it's just the hottest tip that I can give, where it's safe to do so, and and kids can kids are free to roam. Like kids can go free range. What you forgot to say is lock up the mobile phone. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Put that aside because mm. that is the big competitor these days. The children. You know, particularly in their early teens, are sort of locked into their telephones and their and their screens and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were even invented when you were a young boy, were they? Hmm? Uh, I think when snakes came in on the on the phone, that was the biggest attraction. Not so that you could contact anyone, just so you could play a game on there. Well, that's it. So yeah, what what could you suggest, MC, to get kids out into the garden? Uh, well. I wanted to talk about, I've talked about this particular microbe before, but it's a, there's a whole world of microbes that aren't even discovered yet out there in our soil. Um, mm. uh, and one, one, re- one is, is the reason behind feeling so good when you are digging in the soil yourself with your hands and you're getting your hands dirty. It's a, it's a microbe called Mycobacterium vacae. It has a bit of a tongue twister for a name, mm. um, but what that microbe does is we we inhale that when it's when we've roughed it up and it becomes airborne, and it, it delivers our us a a, ser- a hit of serotonin, and which is the feel good bit of a hit. Um, yep. Okay. Yeah, the feel good chemical uh, into our brain. So soil is literally uh, a key player in in happiness and making. So the kids will be happy if they're out there. That's why he's so cruisy. That's it, because he's got his hands in the soil all the time. Look, I'm thinking, MC, last week we were speaking with our pet vet nurse, Tanya Middleton, and she said that pets are a no-go for Christmas, are really not a good idea. However, MC, I think we might be able to break the rules. Would a worm farm be a suitable Christmas present for kids? Uh, Yeah, that's right on the money, I reckon. Worm farm would be great. It's it's uh, a responsibility, but but not so much that uh, that it takes up you know your whole life. Mm. <laughs> um, and we'd get them know, get them into gardening too, I and, guess. And mate, if, it, if it doesn't work out, they just die anyway. Oh, don't they? I mean, no. it's, not all, <laughs> it's not like guess, a, yeah, it's not like a cruel death, is it? You know? No, no, you can. Or cruel ending. Release, mm. release them without any, or you can you can. Feed the birds, if you will. Oh, yeah, oh. feed the birds with the worms. That's what you could be doing. That's it. I, I, I did have, now that you've just mentioned it, um, uh, an idea for a, a Christmas gift or um, activity for kids, and mm-hmm. uh, it involves simply sticks and pipe cleaners. Um, sticks and, and pipe cleaners? All, all you do, you make a little, a little ornamental Christmas tree out of some broken sticks. So you've got one centre stick as your, as your trunk, and then right. uh, you your your other stick as verticals going up that. Oh yeah. And while it together with the you can decorate it with the pipe cleaners and 
and there you go. That's nice. There's an easy one. Stick some pipe cleaners. I said we've covered this before. Was it oh, last year? Well, I think it, you know, have, you, have you recycled last year's idea, have you? <laughs> He's a recycler. That's what he does. Come on, Pete. Oh, well. <laughs> and next year we'll do the same thing. It'll be sticks no, and pipe cleaners. He won't. But, mate, that's okay. You're getting your point over, you know. Uh, have a nice week, mate. We'll catch you next week as we wrap up the. Uh, Another you. fabulous year with the Gardening Gang. It truly has been magnificent for the, the MC to be part of our team. Wow, that's right. That was MC Microbe. Thanks, MC. Pleasure as always, gang. Catch you again soon. Green Living right here on At Home with the Gardening Gang and you're listening to Coast FM 963. Classic hits right here at Coast FM 963 with the gardening gang this morning. There's Hall and Oates, Kiss on my list. And right now, time to present the uh, real fairy godmother that comes in to us every Saturday morning from the Narara Valley Nursery. It is What's Hot, Vicky. Good morning. What's hot? Hey, Vicky. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Fabulous. Playing the little elf today. I can just feel it in my water. You've got the elf <laughs> suit on and you're looking fabulous Pete, there. Pete. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we can only fantasize. Come on, Sherilyn. <coughs> and, uh, <laughs> Dear now, little elf of the garden, the what's hot, Vicky? We're going to go around the coast and check out one of the hot things now. Mm. What is hot in the nursery world at the moment, my dear? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to hijack the program and give a big shout out to my local community at East Gutto Bay for doing a wonderful job on our coastal pathway. It looks yeah. fantastic and it was officially opened by Emma McBride last weekend for the Queen's Jubilee. So if you're in the area, <laughs> swing by for a lovely stroll on our coastal bush track. Well, yes. Well done. It's a pity the Queen couldn't have come out and... No, but she's not here, is she? I know. Well, open I that. Think that might not have gone down no. too well at no. the present moment in time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but uh, they've done a great job down there. Well done. It's fantastic. I haven't got down there myself, but I'm going to swing by next week, Pete. Very excited about that. Okay, big oh, well. Awesome. Uh, that's uh, a nice tribute there hmm. to all those involved in the process. <laughs> now, what about what's hot around the nurseries? Okay, so very exciting. The Wildflower Place at Erina are celebrating Christmas with a very special visitor, Angus Stewart. He will be there this Sunday from 11 till 3 p.m. Come along for a chat, advice, or a signed copy of his new book, Wowzers. And mm. while you're there, you can pop in next door to Burbank House and Garden Erina and you'll find a great range of dwarf flowering gums, including Summer Red and Summer Beauty. And finally, Forest's Beach Garden Centre have massive maiden hair ferns that would make great Christmas presents. Very popular. They have come back into style. They really have. That 1970s staple of the bathroom is back in fashion. The, the maiden hair. Maiden hair fern, Pete. Yeah. yeah, they totally are. Okay. All the yep. 70s How plants are making a kill to come back. Here we go. <laughs> now, I've got to ask the question, Vicky. I was thinking a bit un, you know, yeah, uncalled for there. Vicky. Uncool. Uh, what's hot at Narara Valley Nursery at the moment, oh? Hot in our garden centre. Well, today it's the bright and blooming flowers of our celebrations and bush gems range of kangaroo paw. Mm. These include the hottest colour ever, the blue flowering oh, kangaroo paw. I love those. I know they're amazing, which my possums ate all my flowers off. Oh. But we weren't supposed to get these till February, so they're back in stock unexpectedly. So get mm -hmm. down here and get yourself some. Other varieties in stock include bush diamond, bush fury, firework, cocktail, bush bonanza and bush pearl. Right. 
Get those in. That They go so well on Coast Gardens, kangaroo paws. Fantastic. And you remember the old, uh, I shouldn't say the old, remember Don Burke used to say you just can mow them down because they're a grass. You can. You can actually mow yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, oh, you'd be absolutely down. hopping mad to miss out on these. <laughs> <laughs> well oh, she's quick. Right. <laughs> and what's not so hot? Vic, tell us, uh, share that with us at the, the moment. What's All right. concerning well, you? Well, not hot. <laughs> what? It's not hot this week. I'm getting tongue twisted. It has to be this weather. Holy moly. Mm. I am sitting here in my cardigan and you'd be forgiven for thinking that it's time to plant the brassicas. But don't despair because this slight little drizzle that's been hanging around has been softening up the ground, making it absolutely perfect to get your Christmas colours in. So you still have a little bit of time. It's not quite Christmas yet. A little bit. I can visualise Vicky sitting there in her cardigan and her knitting needles and doing booties. <laughs> She's crazy. too hot. She's for the too hot for a cardigan. I can't believe it's a cardigan. It's probably a leather jacket or something. No, no, no. It's honestly, it's a cardigan. cardigan. <laughs> I think a nan left it there on the chair. Anyway. Now let's right. play the gardening game game right now because Sheldon's been sweating over a, a little piece of information she wants to share with us. All right. And we're going to try and guess if it's a fact or a fib. Ready? It is the gardening gang game. Here we go. Is it a botanical fact or a fig? <laughs> it's a fib. <laughs> Christmas fib. Is it a fact or is it a fib? Coasties play along at home. Here we go. Ooh, in the garden, we get all our fruit and veggies out. Or oh, not our veggies, we get all our fruit out. The passion fruit's ready. It's bursting to go because it's time for the Christmas pav. We're all having pavlova, aren't we? Are you having pavlova, Pete? Yes, we love it. Vicky, pavlova? I had pavlova last week. Oh, she's, she's ahead of time. Okay, there's a lot of debate about where the pav came from. Ask anybody. It's a, it's it's the Christmas, you know, fact or fib. So I'm going to put it to you once and for all. Is the pavlova Australian or is it New Zealand? Where does it come from? Nelly Norma. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, no, that's a different it, cake. <laughs> I got confused there. Peach Nelba came from Dame Nelly Nelba. Where does the pav come from? Is it an Australian invention well, give us or a, is it a New Zealand invention? You've got to make invention? a statement. Oh, what that's it. That's it. That's the statement. Which one fact is it? Fact or fib? Okay, well, I'm going to say it is a New Zealand invention. Is that a fact or is it a fib? I I'm going fib. I, I totally have my whole life thought it was an Aussie dish. So you're going, and, and you have to say what it is and where it comes from. Oh, that's a hint, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a meringue with yeah, it's fruit like a meringue and it's from fruit. Melbourne. It's from Melbourne, okay. A meringue from Melbourne. I think it came and was developed in the land of the long white cloud. New Zealand. Probably somewhere like Dunedin or Christchurch or, or something like, like that. Because it looks like a cloud as well. Uh, Is that your thinking? Yes. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's wrong. Oh, it didn't come from Australia and it didn't come from New Zealand. So I'm going to let you have this. is going to be next. This is my Christmas gift to you both instead of fact or fib. So I got it all wrong this week. Where did it come from? Where did the pav come from? Well, that's the answer we're after from you. No, I want you because to guess. Because I said New Zealand. No, you're wrong. I know that. What is this today? <laughs> We've gone crazy today. Ding, ding. Okay, so where it came from originally, it was called a souffle cake and it came from Austria. It was a dessert consisting of a meringue shell with layers of whipped cream and fruit and the first of its kind was known in 
in Austrian kitchens in the 1700s. You were about to say Spanish. I was about to say Spanish. There are some Spanish versions. And believe it or not, there's even a French version that came around in the late 1700s that was made of the same thing. It was eggs whipped into a meringue and it did have frog's legs in it. I kid you not. Well, you've busted a myth today, haven't you? disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, frog legs. So um, I've won, kind of, and I've messed the game up this week. You have. have You certainly have won because you've Yeah, I think we declared shenanigans on Cheryl and we were totally fed up. We could not have answered that one. I'm sick of you two winning. No, I did win last week. I would have put money on New Zealand, you know that? Would you? No, Austria. (laughs) There you go. It's an Austrian dish. Now, Vicky, you've been studying languages, I understand, at the moment. What what language have you uh, mastered so far? Oh, no, I was um, learning Russian, but that was before the war broke out. Then I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what about Spanish? She swapped, she swapped There's a reason sides. for this. Uh, Have you uh, Spanish before? No. Okay. Only well, on Dora the Explorer. Well, there's Feliz Navidad. That's the wording Feliz in Spanish Navidad. for Happy Christmas. There is. And here's Jose Feliciano. Morning, that's top of the world to you. Ten minutes after nine o'clock on Coast FM with the gardening gang, Pete and Sherilyn here this morning. Thanks to Alan Graham's uh, caravans and RVs at Wyoming open all weekend and also uh, our very good friends at Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale, Sherilyn. You know yes, where they are. Yes, I do know that You've where they are. You've had lots of security there. <laughs> now, a spare a thought for the Ukrainian people because we just heard in the news today, Sherilyn, that the oh. Russians have... Uh, a renewed attack right here a week before oh, Christmas oh, and pulled out the guns again. Oh, oh God, it's a shame. Me. Terrible it shame. Someone doesn't leave the board exactly and the way. What do you reckon about, uh, you know, a song? Oh, yes, what let's play a song. Mostly? Well, I've actually got a request here, and it's from Rod and Shane, and they're listening online, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Rod. And, Thank you, uh, yeah, this is a very special song. So Can thanks I hear myself? No. Uh, and what do you no. think we should do? I can Quiet. see those moving. <laughs> <Quiet song. laughs> okay, Push the button, my Here's Jonah Louie, Stop the Cavalry. <laughs> Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. It is the week before Christmas and all through the house mm. there was this massive pumpkin that came into our lives. <laughs> was there? Yeah, Tom rang us last week while he the did. show was on. He did. Tom Hudson from Canwall. Mm-hmm. And he insisted on coming down to the radio station this morning to tell us all about his... Uh, projects, and we thought it would be also an excellent idea in terms of our, our theme of the uh, getting kids involved in gardening, yes. how this may be a great project for the kids. So, Tom, good to see you here. Hey. Good Thank, morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're a gentleman now in your uh, middle 70s, and you've got a lot of life experience in a whole bunch of areas, but particularly in gardening. I understand that you've had uh, great success with these mega fruit and vegetables. vegetables. I've got a photograph here. Look at this, Pete. I'm going to put it on our Facebook site. This is Tom, and I can hardly see Tom behind his pumpkin. Oh, mega, mega. Look yeah. at that. Mega, Look at mega. That. Tom, how big is that pumpkin? So, 45 grams off 15 kilos. 15, 15 kilo. kilo pumpkin. It's a Queensland blue. Yeah, Queensland blue. Now, That's a biggie. That, they are lovely pumpkin tasting. Do, does having a mega-sized one affect the taste at all? No. Not at all? No. It preserves the, the common taste. Yeah, of a, a blue pumpkin. It seems not like dried out. I think you think it's like it's an old thing. It's no good. Don't be like that, Pete. We're all a bit older, and we're still we're still oh, tasting maybe good. Maybe nutrition might be diminished because of the size okay. of the thing. You know, let's get the kids involved in growing a big pumpkin for twenty twenty three. Tom, what what steps do we take? 
Right. Now, if you want to grow pumpkins, really big ones or anything, use chicken manure. Ah. Right, okay. And everybody says it, it, it burns the roots off. It will. It'll kill the plant straight away. But what you do is you put, a, say, 100 mil of dirt over a, about two-inch layer of chicken manure. Mm. Two-inch layer? Yeah. Okay. Now, what happens is the roots, the plants are not stupid. What happens is as the roots go down, they uh-huh. tickle the, the chicken manure. Okay. And they take out what they want. Ah, oh, so they're not getting burnt by it, right? There's a result okay. of it. It's like it's like mm-hmm. growing. Uh, they can grow plants in water. Put the nutrient on the bottom mm-hmm. in a bucket, mm-hmm. and the and the roots come down. Now, if you put them in a nutrient, it kills them straight away. Yep, yep. So what happens is, as I said, plants are not stupid. Yeah. As the roots come down and tickle it, yeah, they just take out what they want. Right. And that's. How you grow things in air, those old way of doing it. Like, so I thought, well, if All I right. so what effect does that cause them? Give them more nutrition to grow, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So it's that, like that ensures them to really good. Really well. and, and having chicken manure equals having bigger pumpkins? There's a result. There's a result. It does. Okay. Well, you there do you it with, go. Uh, carrots and things like that? Can you get mega carrots? Mm, carrots, because they go deep into the ground, I suppose you could do that, or you have to fertilize the ground very lightly. But mm. this method of using a chicken manure in a layer, mm. 100 mil down, All right. because the roots yeah, especially yeah, yeah. good. All right, let's look at the project for 2023. We're going to make, uh, create a mega uh, pumpkin. Right. Uh, okay. What time of the year do we put this down in the ground? Like, well, um, what season of the oh, year? Oh, yeah, yeah, have? sorry. Let's just... Uh, right. um, so if we want pumpkins... Yep. All right. The best time to plant pumpkins is... Australia Day. Oh, okay. Well, we're coming up to that. All right. Right. Put them in Australia Day. Mm. Put them in. Dig a bit of a hole. Put the manure down. Put about hundred mil of soil yep. over the top. Got that. And keep moist. There's two things that kill plants. Mm. Too much water or not enough water. Mm. That they're the two killers. Got to get it right. I've learnt that over the years because. Mm. The young lady here has been instructing me on the uh, <laughs> fundamentals Gotta of gardening. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. That's a fundamental. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And what you do is mm-hmm. just just do that in, in Australia Day because after Australia Day that is January, mm-hmm. February, March, and about March, April, the crop comes good. Mm-hmm. But the pumpkins, the cold, especially when it's really cold, pumpkins give off a chemical. Okay. That preserves them. Yes, actually. Now, yes. That, that chemical they played around with it and got mm. uh, they know what it is. Mm. And they use it in women's cosmetics to keep their, oh. preserve their looks. That's why I look so um, good. I eat lots of oh, pumpkins as well. That'll save a facelift too, I think, Tom. But, but yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom, I was just wondering as well. Now, I've heard a theory when you're growing these, especially pumpkins, you're growing big uh, pumpkins, that on the vine what you do is you get rid of all the flowers and only let one pumpkin grow on the vine. Are you doing that or are you no. letting more pumpkins they grow? grow? As many as they like. Really? The yeah, yeah. Okay. But tomatoes is what you prune. Oh, tomatoes prune, of course. You've got to prune the tomato, the little yeah, ones coming out the side. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to take out the, the sides Because you'll there. have big bushes. That's right. And lots of little tomatoes. Mm, Can I go it. back to the um, project of having a mega pumpkin this new year? If I put it down or plant it in Australia Day yeah. and throw in a couple of VBs as well to help it yeah. along, <laughs> when will it be ready as a mega piece of fruit? About March, April. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. 
You could put it in the Royal Easter Show. You could put it in the Royal Easter Show. That used to impress all the children. It did. Absolutely. And Tom, where where could you suggest that the kids could get their seeds from? Have you got a a particular preference? Like just to get it out of a pumpkin that you've been eating or what what would you suggest? Well, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But some of them, uh, they don't sort of grow too good. Yep. That's a Queensland blue. Yes. That is not a joint pumpkin. No, I know, blue. I know. That's, it's not. That's a, You've yeah. grown a Queensland blue to that yeah. amazing size at almost Just 15 from kilos. from a seed packet seed. Seed packet seed. So okay. there you go. So easily to get. We could get them at uh, our local nursery. So there you go. Maybe that's a good Christmas present. I think that would be great. A packet of Queensland blue. Cheap one too. Cheap one too. I know this is wonderful. Time is our enemy. Thank you for coming it in It is, today. it is. Thank you so much, that's, Tom. That's uh, Tom. Hudson, that's Hudson with a H. <laughs> Tommy Hudson uh, from Canwell joining us today on The Gardening Gang. Thanks, good to see you, Yeah, Tom. thanks, Tom. It's great yeah. to have local gardeners in. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with The Gardening Gang. I think an appropriate song for Tom would be Big Shot. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. It is the Gardening Gang. Getting near to Christmas, I thought we'd just drop the Christmas theme for the moment, Oh, Sherilyn, okay. And invite the pet vet nurse, uh, Tanya, to do a little program called Mythbusters of Pets. Mm. What do you reckon, Tan? Ooh, that sounds fun. Bit of fun. Now, Sherilyn's got a whole bunch of... Bunch, bunch. <laughs> it's a bunch of myths. I do. That's hard to say. Yes. A bunch of myths. And I'm going to try and tell if it's a yes or a no, or myth of yes or no. Right. And then, Tan, you can give us the uh, correct... Um, oh, okay. You can correct the myths oh, or say okay. yes, that's oh, actually yeah. a true thing, yeah. All okay, right. now, Sherilyn, oh, would you like to give us myth number one? Uh, getting your pet dissexed would change their personality, true or false? Or I would say it wouldn't. All right. Because if I was de-sexed, I don't think my personality would change. <laughs> Good for a while. <laughs> a little while. I might be a bit grumpy. I should be a lunatic. True so, or false? Well, what is it, Tanya? True or false, Tan? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I think it actually depends when you de-sex them because they are obviously going to have less hormones in their body. So if okay. you de-sex them at a younger age, I think it will change their personality to an extent. It's not going to change them completely. You're not going to have a new dog, you know, um, bouncing Mm. out of the clinic. Not completely. Not straight away. All right, okay. Now let's go cats here. I know you're the cat expert, but Pete. Buster two. two. Cats only purr when they are happy. True or false? Uh, That would be false. Tanya. Yeah, I agree. False. Ah, so, there you go. They say purr when they're angry can, as well. Mm. Oh, they can absolutely. Or sometimes, they, sometimes people mistake a cat growl for a purr. So you, you actually do need to watch all of their behaviour mm. as well. You know, their tail flicks and um, you know just their body language. Yeah. Can I just jump in there and put this to you? Is there displays mm. of sadness and happiness in cats? They, they, they don't use oh, their look. mouth to express that. Do they, like, turn their lips down? <laughs> no, they don't smile. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's, <laughs> it's all body language. So it's all body language. Waggy tail, know, like waggy tail. Well, um, they, they do flick their tail, but often yeah. cats flick their tail when they're crossed. <laughs> um, you know, the, the shape of their ears, um, you know, the, the way they're sort of crouching, um, 
yeah, it's it's you, you've just got to watch what they're doing. Okay, all right, well, not their mouth though. Okay, that's okay, quite so clear. Okay, so this is one about dogs. dogs. Okay, three. <laughs> dogs and cats. Okay, this is about dogs and cats are left or right-handed. I think they could be ambidextrous. No, not ambidextrous. They're either left or right-handed, <laughs> the same as humans. Well, they, they ambidextrous can be, is was both. It both. No, no, yeah. I, yeah, so you don't think they could be, you could have left-handed oh, cats. I, I, That's I, what I'm saying. I You'd have a left-handed cat. I think they are ambidextrous rather than so, be selective, yeah. So dogs and creatures, so you're saying false. They're not left oh, and right-handed. Oh, that'd be a false, that'd okay. be a false, yeah. Tanya. Yeah, of course. Um, oh, this is tricky. I think they, I think certainly with dogs, they... They do tend to step off on a predominant foot, mm-hmm. like when they walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell me whether this is correct. It's I'm true. It's true. It's <laughs> true. It is true. Most yeah, of them will so. use one front paw over the other. They're left and right-handed just like humans. How's that? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a That's all determined by their brain, isn't it? Ah. Yeah. All right. Here's another one, another cat one. I'm hopefully you can get this. Myth Pete. Three, myth no. four. <laughs> I myth think you've four. lost the numbers now, Pete. <laughs> Cats always land on their feet. Oh, uh, I say yes. I mean, if it's a 30-story building, it's a different <laughs> story, but... They in in general terms, from just two metres or so, yeah, they'll land they'll on their feet on every their time. Feet. Tanya? No, no, absolutely not. There you go. They, you know, uh. cats, if they get a fr- if they get startled um, or if if something happens, I've seen too many cats with broken legs or dislocated oh. legs. No, mm. absolutely not. I'm just trying to think where I got that um, myth from. Well, it's just a myth that, you know, you hear about things. Too many cartoons. Yep. All right. Okay. Tom and Jerry. Here's another one that's very popular. Dogs can only see in black and white. Pete? Well, that's the common thinking, and I'm prepared to go with the common thinking. Black and white, you know, True. would be their uh, only way of... Uh, right, Okay. Tanya, false, absolutely false. They can see they can see color, um, but they can't see um, they can't see as many shades as we can see. But they mm-hmm. can definitely see color. Mm. Yeah. I worked with I worked with an ophthalmologist at Sash, and um, yes, they can absolutely see color. There you go. Sorry, Pete. Okay, some of us. <laughs> okay, no, that's actually corrected the myth. I, I was always told, you know, colorblind uh, dogs are colorblind. Yeah, yeah, I that's a popular that one. Being the truth. All right, the next one. Um, and I've heard this one. A dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. True or false? Oh, I'd hope it's cleaner. You think it's cleaner I mean, than a human's? Lick, lick, lick. I don't get too many friends who like to lick me. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all my friends' dogs yeah. love licking me. They do? Go, You're tasty, man. Why am I attracted to moi? I hate them. Oh, no. <laughs> Tanya, so is a dog's mouth cleaner than a human's mouth? No, it wouldn't be, um, depending mm. on the human's habits. Yes. The dogs lick each other's bottoms. Yeah. They lick their own <laughs> bottoms. They sometimes eat poop. Oh. Like, yeah. I don't know any humans that do that, but yeah. I would say absolutely not. Um, dogs, like, lick cat bottoms and eat cat poop. Um, so unless your friends are doing that, I would say absolutely not. Do, All they, right. do they really eat their bottoms or just stick their tongue up? Oh, what do you reckon? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, they don't eat their bottoms. <laughs> well, I reckon we can bring it's up tricky. the... Uh, it's tricky. Well, I reckon we can bring up the uh, the pet uh, care myths quite regularly. Tan, lots of knowledge there to share with the audience. Thanks for joining us today. And 
Uh, we'll talk to you next week on Christmas Eve, okay? Yeah, we will. Lots of oh, Christmas tips. Yes. 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 Year's yeah. almost over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tanya. Thanks, Eve. Yay. Okay. Thanks, guys. It's Tanya Middleton Bye. now. Pet care, pet nurse. Yes, she Thanks, is. Thanks, Tan. Thanks, Tan. You're listening to Coast FM 963 at home with the Gardening Gang. Gardening gang, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here on the radio with the classic hits and also with some beauty information from one of our uh, our regulars here, property guru. It is Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners. Lachlan, how are you? Hey, Lachlan. How are you going, Good mate? Good morning. Now, we, I caught up in the newspaper. There's been a bit of an article about a new law that's come in by the New South Wales government where agents are no longer allowed to rent bid. So you've got a couple of uh, people chasing the same property where the uh, the agent or the representative of the uh, the owner would try and sort of ginger up the two uh, bidders, mm. uh, much like an auction. Obviously it's been thought to be unfair. What's the situation now in the, uh, in the real life of a property manager, my friend? Yeah, well, it was happening for a little while there and the rental market's been very hot. And I think it's important to distinguish between what has been outlawed and what's still okay. Mm. So what what they specifically said that the agents can't do is to entice tenants to get into a, a, a sort of bidding war over the, uh, the rental amount. And there was a bit of that going on. You see rental properties be advertised like a sale property, saying mm. guide 550 per week. And then the whole intent of that was to try and get tenants to come in and, oh, it was so... Uh, so competitive that someone would offer five seventy and someone would offer five. So it's like your auction, yeah. It was basically like an auction. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so what they've said is that that that's you know not appropriate, and that agents need to set the price. Uh, they can't entice tenants to uh, offer over that. However, if a tenant wants to offer more money to try and secure the property, they're well within their rights to. Oh, now, they still can. They still oh. can, yeah. So the funny thing is, is that for the most part, most of the complaints I dare say they've received over the last couple of years that has sort of led to this would actually have been cases where the tenants have just offered more because that was much more common. Mm-hmm. It was quite rare that agents were trying to get more money for rentals. They were putting it on at the price they thought fair and tenants were coming in and offering way over because there was just nothing available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just now you can't entice them to do that. You They've got to sort yeah. of come forward and say, well, I'm going to put another 20 bucks on the table here or whatever. Huh? Exactly, exactly. Mm. So mm. I, I really don't think too much will change because uh, in reality that was what was happening before. I don't think there was too many agents that were really uh, trying to entice tenants. Um, they were just, you know, keen to get the property leased. I'm just thinking, could this be the uh, the thin edge of the wedge in terms of selling houses where you can't, Entice people to bid more? That'd be horrific. That'd be, yeah. I, I, I feel like we're in some sort of, I don't know, communist yeah, regime. <laughs> you don't see that as a risk? Fixing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Price fixing. Sorry, you cannot pay any more mm, mm. than 950 for this house. I'm sorry. I can't accept any more bids. My goodness. <laughs> I think yeah, well, that would Peter, be... It's, uh, with, it's happening with gas at the moment, so don't be surprised. <laughs> I, I guess that there's a whole bunch of ideas before the government to try and, uh, uh, shall we say, temper the uh, the escalating price of houses. But uh, what would be an immediate solution? Probably Bill Moore. Yeah. That's right, Pete. I, I think uh, there's 
always focus with the rental crisis and housing crisis on the cost of current housing and too little focus on uh, creating more. You see mm. far better projects overseas that are from you know clever planning and development where they'll have brand new communities that are really well designed that have great amenities that are uh, you know really planned well from the ground up. And then a lot of the time there's a significant portion of the properties in those communities that are that have to remain as rental. Mm. Um, so Ah, there's yes. this clever well, initiative. They remain for, what forever. Like it's in there. It's in the actual deed. Is it? Oh, you can't sell them. You can't oh, sell you them. Can't yeah. sell them on you the can't other. sell them. You can't sell. Oh, that's really interesting. It must really be a rental property. It must be. Yeah, you build it, and it has to be a rental property. Okay. Are these government-owned initiatives, Lachlan, or are they private? Private. So there'll be oh. large institutions that will do these these big, big, basically suburb developments, mm-hmm. like yeah. creating a new suburb, and. Um, Part of that will be that uh, there will be a stipulation that a certain percentage need to be retained as rental. Mm. Um, now, they could sell on the asset to someone else who wanted to own the asset, but it still must remain as a rental. Okay. Uh, and, and Lachlan, are there any examples of that here on the Central Coast that you've just been to, talking about? Uh, not really, Pete. It's just, unfortunately, it, it doesn't tend to be too commercially viable to do it here. It's not. There's the more build-to-rent happening in some of the major cities. It is becoming a little bit more common, but uh, unfortunately a lot of the way that our our funding works is the developers, for the most part, need to sell the properties in order to, to fund the oh, development. Uh, it, gotcha. just, it just doesn't tend to be as, as commercially viable. Uh, uh, so I uh, think there needs to be quite a, a lot of change happen before that can be a possibility. A lot of rethinking for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully uh, 2023 could well be the year that they do that. Uh, Lachlan, thank you for your time today. We'll talk to you next week. It's going to be our Christmas Eve show here on The Gardening Gang. Uh, you're not going away. You'll be able to join us, will you, Lachlan? You're not. I'll be able to join you yet. You're not going to be on the turf no. next Saturday. <laughs> he's, he's a hard-working man for the Central Coast. All right. Well no, more, no more than usual, Pete. Lachlan <laughs> <laughs> McDonald there from Ray White McDonald Partners. Thanks, champ. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Coast FM. The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sheldon and a whole bunch of people like Lachlan.